um, have the privilege of bringing the reading to us, coming from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please have a seat. Well, as Jeff mentioned, uh, we're continuing our series uh, looking at Jesus as prophet, uh, priest, and king. These, these three roles uh, that stem from the, the leadership, the way that, the old, uh, that God's people were ordered in, in terms of leadership uh, back in the Old Testament. And these are roles that Jesus is at the same time. Uh, he's, he's all three. Uh, and this week, we're, we're particularly looking at Jesus as priest. Uh, when I was at Bible college, we'd often get ex-missionaries or, or missionaries on long service leave uh, who would come and speak about their experiences. And having returned home after a, a number of years overseas, many of them spoke about the, the difficulties they experienced uh, coming back and adjusting to life in their home country. Uh, it's a term that people refer to as reverse culture shock. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. Uh, the basic premise of it is that you've been away uh, you've immersed yourself in a, a different culture, in a different place, and you've been changed by that experience, uh, sometimes in major ways, and then you return home. And, and for some reason, it doesn't quite feel like home anymore. You've left behind a, a part of your life. There's a sense of loss. You can share about your experiences, but people don't quite understand uh, what you've been through. And as a result, you can feel quite alone as though everyone else is on the same page, but you're in a completely different book. You feel isolated, uh, alienated, dis uh, distant, misunderstood. Now, most of us here are not missionaries, but a lot of us here will have experienced uh, those feelings for different reasons. And I imagine a number of us uh, might even have felt some of those feelings uh, towards our God as though he is far away, unable to understand us or relate to us. This morning we are thinking about Jesus as priest, and while there are times in life where we feel out of place or as though God is distant, uh, my prayer for each of us this morning is that by looking at Jesus as our great high priest, uh, we would be struck by his closeness to us uh, and that we would grow as a result. Uh, so let me pray for us now. Please join me. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are not a distant God, uh, that you're interested in each of us. We pray uh, that you would touch each of our hearts this morning. Remind us of the privilege of knowing you as our priest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, where are we heading this morning? Uh, I'm going to start uh, with an explanation of, of priests, and then we'll think about what makes Jesus a, our great high priest, uh, and then we'll think about three reasons why knowing Jesus as priest helps us. Uh, and ultimately, I hope that 
knowing Jesus is our high priest will deepen our relationship with God because that is the aim of the, the Christian life, to know our God better and to be shaped and, and changed by that knowledge. And seeing Jesus' priestly role is going to lead to that. Uh, the word priest is a, a word that we barely use today. When we hear it, we might think of someone in a, a Catholic church. Uh, of course, there are Anglican priests as well, but we use more modern words such as minister or vicar, uh, which are far more slick, said no one. Uh, and, and because we hardly use the word priest, we're not always familiar with what a, a priest did. Uh, so I'm going to just briefly explain what the original priest did uh, in biblical times. Last week we thought about Jesus as, as prophet, and the role of the prophet was to represent God before the people. They would do that by bringing the word of God uh, to them. And this week, Jesus as priest, you could say the role of priest is a, a slight contrast. They represent the people before God. Uh, we're all made to be with God, to relate to him, and yet sin has broken our ability to relate to a holy and perfect God. And, and that's why God's people needed a priest to mediate uh, between them and God. Now, an ordinary Israelite uh, couldn't come close to God uh, without kind of being consumed by him. He, he's holy, he's pure, they are not. Uh, and so in his presence, they're, they're surely going to die. Now, if you weren't an Israelite, uh, you were even further away from God. And so in biblical times, the priests were, this, were in this really privileged position because they were the ones who could get closest to God. Uh, the place where, where God dwelt among his people was in this thing called the tabernacle, which was like a, a massive tent. Uh, and within the tent, there was this, this space called the most holy place. Uh, and that was the place that only the high priest could go because that uh, is where God resided in a, a, a real particular way. Now, they could go in only once a year and, and only after wearing the right clothes and, and doing the right uh, rituals that God had instructed them to do. They could get close to God, but it wasn't without jumping through numerous hoops. Uh, recently, Lilia and I tried to uh, get some of our cancelled flights uh, refunded, uh, and companies certainly make it a lot easier to pay than to get a refund. Uh, you have to provide a bank account, provide a reason for a refund. You've got to do it within a short period of time, but during that period of time, no one answers the phone. Uh, you've got to get told by one person that you can't get a refund, then you've got to try and get a hold of someone else who's able to help you, and maybe in time, if you're lucky, you'll get there. It's a lot of effort uh, for something that seems very straightforward. And you might think the same with the priests. Why so many requirements for them to be in God's presence? But the reason is, uh, like all the Israelites and, and like us, they were so sinful. Uh, they, were, they had to deal with their own sin to be able to uh, deal with the sin of the people and to approach God. And even the high priest uh, in particular had, had this uh, special role. Every day on the, the Day of Atonement, the high priest, uh, he would take two goats. The first would be killed and the blood of the goat would be offered as a sacrifice. Now with the second goat, the priest would confess the, the sins of the people over it. Uh, and, when, and then it would be kind of led off the goat into the wilderness. And that second goat, uh, the scapegoat, see what, see what God did there? The scapegoat, 
took the sins and guilt of the people and, and carried them away. And so the high priest is responsible for the sacrifices to, to take away the sins of God's people. But the problem is he would, he would have to do this every single year. And there were other sacrifices that needed to be made regularly in between that. And what it ultimately shows is that the sacrifice of an animal is inadequate to deal with human sin. The sacrifice of an animal is, is not adequate to deal with human sin. Enter Jesus. Uh, what, what makes him any different? Why is he called a great high priest? Uh, well, on the one hand, the Old Testament priests made sacrifices, but of course, Jesus doesn't just make a sacrifice. He, he is the sacrifice. Uh, in the Old Testament, there was a continual need for these animal sacrifices, but Jesus offers himself as a one-off, all-sufficient sacrifice. The high priest transferred, uh, transferred the sins of the people onto a goat, Jesus takes uh, the sins of his people on himself. Jesus doesn't just take our sins. He, he reconciles us with God. And that's what uh, Jesus does as our high priest. But the trouble is that you and I still struggle with sin in this life. It still uh, has a, a habit of separating us from God and taking us away from living our lives for him. Now, if we, if we just stop and think about our own lives for a moment... I'm sure we'll all be able to identify areas where we're tempted to go against what God wants for us. Uh, it might be in our thoughts or our actions, as we just confessed earlier. Uh, it might be in the way that we relate to others and, and to God. And at many times, uh, we give in to those temptations. And sin and guilt, it, it weighs heavily on us. There are parts of our lives where we fail, sometimes on a regular basis, and that makes us feel distant. Uh, from our God and also alienated from one another. Now, when we feel like that, knowing Jesus as our high priest can really help us. Uh, and there are three reasons that it, it will help us. The first reason is that Jesus, our high priest, is sympathetic. He is someone who knows the struggles that we face, someone who's able to sympathize with our weakness, as it says in verse 15. I, te I think we tend to forget that uh, Jesus lived on this earth for 30-odd years before we see the gospel accounts of his ministry. The fact that Jesus grew up in this world means he knows what it's like. He had a, a messy family background. Imagine Jesus trying to explain his, his birth to his friends growing up. Is, is Joseph really your dad? Uh, he had a, a childhood. He was a teenager, a young adult. He was homeless. His family members think that he's out of his mind at times. They try and convince him that he's, he's doing, the things, uh, doing things the wrong way. His closest friends turn their backs on him at his most difficult point in life. One of them even sells him out for a, a little bit of money. He's gossiped against, he's slandered, publicly shamed, mocked, rejected, misunderstood. He knows how hard it is to, to get by in this world. Make no mistake. And he also knows the struggle of trying to live a life in obedience to God in the face of temptation. Things like uh, greed, anger, pride, discontentment, impatience, uh, a lack of self-control, judgmentalism, uh, worldliness. Jesus has, has seen it all and he's faced it all. 
Of course, he, he never gave into it, but he knows what we go through. Uh, whenever we feel as though no one understands us or, or, or what we're going through, remember that Jesus is able to sympathize with us. Not because he's necessarily been through the same things or the same situation, but because he knows what the world is like. When the world fails to show us sympathy uh, that we need at times, we have Jesus always there for us. It's particularly uh, good for us to, to know that at a time like this. How, how easy is it to get frustrated with others at the moment? People don't seem to understand my point of view, where I'm coming from. We have a, a high priest who is sympathetic. Now, the second reason is in verse 16. Jesus, our high priest, is approachable. At a time where uh, there are increasing hopes to jump through, to feel any sort of normality, Jesus make th makes things simple. He gives us direct access to God. We can now approach God's throne with confidence. And that's what the author of Hebrews says in verse 15. Uh, as a younger Christian, uh, I knew a family who welcomed people into their home, uh, my, myself included. Uh, their door was, was always opened. Uh, and if it wasn't, everyone knew where the spare key was. Some people might say, you know, come around any time, but maybe they don't necessarily mean it. Uh, but not these guys. They were very welcoming and, and very approachable. And the more I kind of experienced their hospitality, the more I believed their words. Now, obviously, humanly speaking, there are, there are limits to this kind of thing. I'm not sure they'd have uh, kind of appreciated me turning up at 3 a.m. to watch the cricket. But, but mostly, they were approachable. How much more is that the case with God through Christ? Not only is, is Jesus our great high priest who understands us, but he's also our high priest who gives us confidence to approach God. We can bring anything that's on our hearts to him. Uh, I sat in on uh, Jam Club earlier this year, which is one of our children's ministries, and at the end of the lesson, uh, the kids all wrote down one thing that they wanted to pray for. Uh, isn't it great to know that no matter who we are or, or what we're going through, or what stage of life, we can come to God in prayer. And I take it that's what it means to approach God's throne of grace. We can approach God with confidence because of our great high priest who intercedes on our behalf. Now most of us know that we can pray to God, but my concern is that uh, in our circumstances uh, there's an opportunity uh, for us to, have to, uh, to avoid dealing with the sin in our lives. Uh, I'm sure that one of the temptations, that is one of the temptations in, in front of all of us at the moment. And current life circumstances have, have certainly given us potential excuses uh, from drawing near to God. Now, all of us know that this is a difficult season in a lot of ways, but are we going to use that as an ex excuse not to approach the throne of grace at a time where we should be praying all the more? Jesus, as our high priest, was obedient when things got tough. Uh, that's not always our response. How often are we disobedient to God? And yet, we still have this opportunity to come to the throne of grace in our time of need. Notice the way in which we are to come to God in prayer. It's with confidence, not with arrogance, as though God owes us something, not demanding that God act in a certain way or else. 
we come to God with confidence, knowing that he delights to hear from his children. Uh, And I take it if we have confidence in approaching God, it's something that we'll do regularly. We're not tentative around uh, whether or not we we can approach him. And that means that no area of our lives are, are off limits. There's nothing that God can't handle. Come to him with confidence. Be, be confident that he will hear you. When we are so bold as to approach the throne of God in prayer, we, we find two things, mercy and grace. Two things that we all need and two things that Christ gives us in abundance. Uh, when it comes to mercy and grace, I think most of us prefer the latter, grace. We prefer the idea of getting something great that we don't deserve over the idea of not getting something bad that we do deserve. Ask, ask anyone, ask a child, ask an adult, I'm sure they'll agree. Uh, imagine it, for Christmas this year, your present, I'm not going to ground you. Give it, give it a go, I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine, or not. Uh, we all have this tendency towards grace over mercy, but the Gospel of Christ says we need both. We need God not to give us what we deserve, which is his judgment, in order for him to be able to give us what we don't deserve, uh, this blessing of eternal life with him. And when we come to God in prayer, when we come to him desperate uh, for strength and, and for help, when we're really struggling with our sin, we find both of these things. Our high, high, our high priest is approachable, and when we approach him, we find mercy and grace. Now, the third reason uh, that knowing our high priest helps us to persevere is, uh, sorry, the third reason is that knowing our high priest helps us to persevere. Jesus, is Jesus your high priest? If you trust him, then you have a great reason to persevere in the Christian life. Uh, That's what the writer of Hebrews is calling us to, to hold firmly to the faith. That's what perseverance is. Uh, I've heard people say that resilience isn't something, uh, is something that we're lacking as a society today. Uh, maybe you have some thoughts on whether or not that's true. But the ability to persevere is something that we admire, isn't it? There, there's something uplifting when we see others persevering in faith, no matter what the obstacles in their way. Uh, I see it in many ways among our church family, uh, and I'm sure you do too. Now, to help us persevere, we remember Christ, seated at God's right hand, longing for us to return to him. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to perish apart from him, and he won't stop interceding for us until we are with him. Now, knowing that, it helps us. Don't fall into the trap of thinking that God is done with you because life is impossible at the moment, because sin is overpowering us. Jesus is still at God's right hand on our behalf, interceding for us. Uh, We just sung before, before the throne of God above, and it speaks of Jesus in God's presence, continuing to plead our case before God. Uh, Let me read these lyrics. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. Jesus is there in the throne room uh, on our behalf. Remember that. He is our representative before God. So keep persevering in faith. Remember your great high priest as you hold firm. When you feel alone uh, in the workplace, in your marriage, 
leading your family. And those friendships, as you battle sin in your life, we have a high priest who is always with us. He's given us his spirit. He understands us. When we are weak, he is strong. Jesus as priest, he's, he's sympathetic, approachable, showing mercy and grace. May he help us uh, to keep persevering. Uh, I'm going to leave a, a couple of minutes uh, for us uh, to think of areas in our lives uh, where perhaps we feel weak or, or where we're needing to, to come to God uh, for mercy and grace. Uh, are there areas where we need to keep working at, at persevering in our faith? Uh, so a couple of minutes and then Jeff will come up and grab your attention. <laughs>